Phoenix Suns are up 29 points in this game. 29 points against the Memphis Grizzlies playing at home. They give up 35 points in the third quarter, only score 25. They give up 38 in the fourth quarter, only score 25. But somehow, some way, the Suns win by two, are now 24 and 24 on the season. They're back to 500, Matthew. And they are uh, they're on a three-game winning streak, man. So I think in, in celebration of a three-game winning streak, we need three people on the podcast. How about that? <laughs> yeah, let's go, dude. One for each win. Let's rock this, dude. <laughs> let's rock it. How we feeling, Matthew? How we feeling? How about them boys? I'm uh, feeling good. Um, I'm, I already quickly forgot. I'm good. I moved on. We got the Suns. They're winning for me. They're there for me. In the end, they will fail and not win a championship. But for right now, I'll take the wins over these Cowboys losses. <laughs> how how are you feeling about the Cowboys loss today, Suns Geek? Well, in my expert NFL analysis, <laughs> I can guarantee you that I have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate Suns Geek for joining us on the show. It's always fun when the three of us get together and have an opportunity to talk about the Phoenix Suns, uh, especially under the circumstances in which we do tonight. Again, the Suns win 112 to 110 over the Memphis Grizzlies, despite being up by 29 points. And there's going to be plenty of things to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So if you're listening at a later date and time, please subscribe, please rate, please review, please give us one of those excellent five-star reviews like many of you have been recently on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. If you're watching the feed on YouTube, give us the thumbs up button, subscribe there as well. Suns Geek, tell them where they can go ahead and follow you as well. Yes, sir. Once again, thank you guys for having me on uh, at Suns Geek on YouTube. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Just search Suns Geek and you'll find me. There you go. Too easy. And, and right off the bat, Black Sunday gives a $5 super chat. Oh. And he says, Coach Jenkins, because for some reason, everyone thinks that I look like Coach Jenkins from the, the Memphis Grizzlies. Black Sunday asks, Coach, Coach Jenkins, what did you say to your team in the locker room to get them to power back like that? Uh you know, did the despite the the I don't to bow, to power back like they did despite the lose. Uh, it was real simple. This is what I said to the, to my team, the Memphis Grizzlies. I go listen. The Suns Jam Session podcast. John's a fan of the Bills, so they lost today. Matthew's a fan of the Cowboys, so they lost to the day today. We're getting our ass kicked at halftime, and we have to fulfill the prophecy of the Suns losing as well. So go out there and fulfill that prophecy, Grizzlies. You fulfill that prophecy. It's what it felt like to the Holy Trinity. Yeah, you know. Well, I was I was driving home and I was like, oh, this is a win for the Suns. All of a sudden, I pull up with my donuts and I'm like, dude, this is actually a close game. So you know, I pound down a donut and watch the final minute and get the victory, dude. Hey, a W's a W. We'll take it. We're back to 500. So pop them if you got them. Suns Geek, you popping open a nice cold beverage? Oh, yeah. Especially after nice. a three-game win streak. Let's pop <laughs> it. Pop it open. I got some Dylan, Dylan Brooks's tears over here. So cheers, Suns fans. <laughs> Let's talk about another victory for your Suns. at home 112 to 110 sending the Grizzlies to a 31 and 15 record overall uh but they're 11 and 12 on the road but it it brings my first question Matthew I got to Sons ask Geek. so I'll start with Suns Geek on this one okay and, and Matthew you can you can answer this as well but it's real simple are the Grizzlies the most hated team in the NBA right now? And if so, why? They're one of them because according to social media, Twitter, uh, the Phoenix <laughs> Suns are the most hated team in the NBA. And, and to some, you know, YouTuber content creators out there, they're the they're most hated team. But uh, the Grizzlies, but are, they're climbing up there. Why? 
Are the Grizzlies now? And the Suns. Why both? Why are we hated? I don't know, man, because we have Chris Paul, and apparently he's the most hated point guard of all time, apparently. And because Devin Booker is a superstar in this league, and the the NBA world doesn't want to accept that. And, you know, because of the Game 7 stuff, and yada, yada, yada. You guys are, you know. But the Memphis Grizzlies, though, they are working their way up as one of the most hated teams in the league. I guess it really all started with the whole, um, you know, we good in the West thing and then that hallway dancing stuff they do or whatever. Um, But, you know, I guess we can kind of find common ground because apparently we're the villains of the NBA and so are the Grizzlies now. And and we're in the same conference and all that. So I don't really know if that answers your question, but uh, I don't know. I'm pretty petty about the whole Suns being the most hated team. It's just it's the social media trolls, man. What do you think, Matthew? Yeah, so the thing is with the Grizzlies, they acted like they won the championship before they won. Yeah. You know, I think last year they were calling a shot this year saying this is their year. John Moran put it out there with his interview. And once you do that, you know, the target's on your back uh, from the fans, uh, from other teams, from other teams themselves. It's going to be there. The Suns kind of got there because they are kicking everybody's ass last year, but they never really talk a lot of shit. They – they really didn't. I think the fans did a lot. Um, Booker would during games a few times, maybe to some fans on the side. True. But during games, Booker went through a, a stage where he talked shit, but they were on a winning streak. Like, they were owning teams. He was owning the NBA at that point. The thing is, like, Memphis just thinks they kind of won it before they actually won it. Like, even Clay Thompson in the middle of the playoff run last year, when they're in the finals, he points out in a press conference, this Warriors team or this this uh, Grizzlies team is, you know, they're, they're a joke. They haven't won anything yet. So when you start doing that, it's going to be pretty tough for you to win anything because these teams will get up. The Suns team will get up for you, even though they don't have their closer and Devin Booker there. They're going to they're gonna come out there and kick your ass. And the Suns, they're just hated because they won. And a lot of people don't like Devin Booker, but mm-hmm. it was just kind of weird. I don't know why the Suns are really hated. It's, I think when you start winning, people hate you. But the Grizzlies kind of did it themselves. The Suns kind of avoided that last year, but they still were hated. Well, I think that, you know, Suns Geek hit it on the head with a hammer and it was a nail I like that, yeah. <laughs> he hit the hammer hit the nail on the head with a hammer when he said it was social media right like so for those of you us who are actively engaged on social media especially twitter you know follow me at darth voida follow him at matthew lissy follow him at sons geek uh we see the comments we see the trolls we see the people who uh don't like other teams that have success and the phoenix suns they, they set themselves up Last season, especially after the NBA finals run. Yeah, it didn't help that a lot of members of the Phoenix Sun social media sphere were massive shit talkers and people who didn't really know what it was like to win and how to win. You couple that with after games, the Phoenix Suns, who won 64 games last season, were doing workout videos and they're, they're in the back of the arena and like Chris Paul and Dem Booker are doing push-ups off of workout balls. And winners work. Winners <laughs> work, exactly. And, and, and as a fan base, we get behind that. We're like, yeah, that's why this team is being as successful as they are. They're grinding it out because even after a game, winners work. From the outside looking in, and, and I say this now through the lens of observing who and what the Memphis Grizzlies are, it's kind of cringy. You're like, okay, yeah, you guys just won a game, and now you're doing push-ups, and you're posting that on social media? Like, that is kind of cringy right there, right? The Memphis Grizzlies have taken that mantle from the Phoenix Suns. One, because the Phoenix Suns, nobody cares about them anymore. Anytime you get into any type of, I wouldn't say Twitter argument, but just simple exchange, the Phoenix Suns have a history of negative moments that any fan base can pull upon and just shut you up because they're right. We've never won anything. We've never hurt anybody's feelings completely. You know, I wouldn't say completely. Like, like look at Denver fans, for example. Like, their feelings were hurt because we beat them in four games. And in true Phoenix Suns fans fashion, they we didn't handle it well. The Suns in four guy and all that shit. So there is some repercussions from that. What you're seeing from Memphis is just what my two podcasting partners just stated. Was the fact that this team is... Dancing in the back, kind of like the Suns did last year. Ja Morant is saying, you know, there's no one in the West that they, that he really thinks can challenge the Memphis Grizzlies, despite the fact that with their loss today against the Phoenix Suns, against the Western Conference, they are now 15 and 12. They're 16 and 3 against the Eastern Conference. They should ask 
if who who scares him coming out of the East? If he said nobody, that would have been had some more validity to it. But they put a target on their back from opposing teams, and they put a target on their back from opposing fans due to the cringiness of some of the actions that they've done, coupled with members of the roster. As as Matthew said, Chris Paul is a member of the Phoenix Suns. Guess what? We're gonna always have, or maybe Suns Geek said it. Suns Geek, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon said it. He's like, we have Chris Paul on the team, therefore people will hate us. They have yep. Brooks on their team. Therefore, people will hate them. <laughs> when you look at that, and it was just interesting coming into this game, thinking about that because of, of, of who they are and, and the way that they've acted, and then to see the way that they responded today. And I'll get to the subreddit stakeout in a little bit, but it goes it, it's more than just the team, it's the fans. When you go to a subreddit stakeout, you, you go to the subreddit of the opposing team, and they always have a game thread. Last time I did subreddit stakeout against the Memphis Grizzlies, literally the name of the thread was like, fuck Chris Paul. The name of the thread today was, it's game day. Your Memphis Grizzlies take on, take to the road to face the Northern Arizona Suns, RIP, in a rare NBA versus G League matchup. That's what their subreddit stated. And then the Phoenix Suns came out in the first quarter. They went 32 points to Memphis Grizzlies, 18 outscored them 30 to 19 in the second quarter. Yes, they hung on by two, but it just goes to show you the cringiness, if you will, the cockiness, if you will, of that fan base. They, they still have a long way to go, and we can understand that because of where we've been. Right, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, I guess my final thoughts on this really are, and look, I'll be fair. Last year, let's be real, the Suns did talk shit. They mm -hmm. did. It kind of made me mad at times. I was like, yo, like, let's just chill for a little bit. But at the same time, <laughs> I was kind of part of that at times too, especially on Twitter and all that. But I will say this is that the Grizzlies are kind of doing what the Suns have done now. And in all fairness, at times, I really feel like the Phoenix Suns can't do anything right according to certain people on, you know, social media and yes. all that. And when I reference the whole, like, sometimes NBA content creators are making videos about the Suns. Like, I, I was sent a video saying, like, the Suns are the most hated team in the league. And I just shook my head, didn't even bother to watch it. Yeah. Uh, but, and I feel like the Grizzlies are climbing up the rankings there and it's, it's just really tricky. It's, you know, like you were saying with the, uh, the subreddit stakeout and everything, I feel like a lot of people follow the narratives and the headlines and it's sad because they really don't know what's going on. In my opinion, I'm not saying like everybody does. I don't want to sound like I'm a gatekeeper or anything, but I just feel like a lot of people follow the headlines. They see the memes or whatever. They see like the quick highlights on Instagram and that's their picture of the Phoenix Suns, and it's mm -hmm. bad. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. those, the Suns have to do – they have to overcome that. They have to start winning and not get embarrassed in the playoffs again to overcome that, in my opinion. I yeah. don't really know if that answers your question. but No, it yeah. totally – I I think what Memphis does, I think it's cool. They do the dancing in the hallway before. It's fine. The Suns used to dance before every game last year. Yeah. Aiden would pick up the mop stick and use it as a microphone while the warm-ups <laughs> were happening. Like when you're winning, it's fun. It's fine. And you can talk shit. Every team does. Every fan base should talk shit. It's fun. That's what sports yeah. is. The fact that Morant did say that there's no one in the West that can compete, that's the only reason. Because I, I was a big Memphis fan. I love Memphis. I love Morant. Mm -hmm. I picked him to win MVP last year. I love this team. I love it. I love Baines. I think he's amazing. Like, I wish he was on the Suns, obviously. I love Adams. I like their team a lot. I like JJJ. I do. Yeah. Now they're hated because of that. If they're winning, if they play hard, it doesn't matter. Everyone's Booker did quiet. such a good job yeah. last year with the All-Star game where he talked to Draymond Green where he was doing the sideline stuff. And he's like, so you think the Suns can come out of the West? And he's like, well, we'll take it like one game at a time. Whatever he said. Yeah. Professional answer. You don't want to give them anything to think like we're douchebags over here. Yeah, Anything between the lines, we're going to talk shit. We're going to be that team that's going to hate the other team and just, just demolish them because we're that much better. There's no reason they really hate that from other teams. It's just those comments. That's the only thing. So can't go back on it now. It's too late. Yeah, true. And again, it's it's the, one of those fine lines. I mean, obviously, you know, Matthew and I, we have the Suns Jam uh, session podcast. Suns Geek, you run a fantastic YouTube channel, and you're Thank constantly you. creating Phoenix Suns content out there. So we have different opinions of our team <laughs> and different opinions of the opposing team. And sometimes we, we contribute to that narrative. We are people who have a voice much akin to a lot of our fellow watchers and listeners. You have a voice as well. And that's the beautiful thing about this. It's the fun thing about this Amen. is we can all get together and talk about 
what we view this Phoenix Suns team to be, what we view the opposition to be, what frustrates us about our team, what frustrates us about opposing teams. At the end of the day, I think it's all meant in good fun. Like if I saw Dylan Brooks in person, yeah, okay, I still would probably punch him in the face if I can get away with it. <laughs> yeah. you know? But he, he looks like a WWE yeah. guy, and I'm afraid yeah, he would body slam me. talking about his hair. It's really bad. Um, <laughs> his, just the guy has a rough look, but it's um, – He's got a rough look. He's got a rough game. Rough attitude. Uh, he, he just – rough attitude. They were it's talking just, about it's nice to have a player like that on your team. You no, know, it's not. If I had Dylan Brooks, I liked him actually. <laughs> I, I did. It's so weird. I liked him going into last season. Then last season on, then I started to not like him. I liked it. I hated him a little bit. But John's always been on the boat ever since college. So <laughs> yeah, I've hated him since he was at Oregon. That's why I sent you that tweet earlier, John. Yes, I Dylan. saw. <laughs> yeah, right after the flagrant foul, yeah. you hit me up and I was just I, like, I, Yeah, I no, another fast. reason to hate him. Yep. Another reason to hate him. There's always a reason to hate him. Real quick in the chat, Legend E. Wait, John, how is Lamar Jackson overrated? Somebody tweet. This is a total sidebar, but somebody tweeted out today and they said, "Name somebody who's more overrated than Josh Allen." I said, "Lamar Jackson. He overrates himself." That's that's the end of that. Um, and I like what Aussie Suns fan podcast says. He said, "I would punch Brooks so fucking hard, the repercussions would be so worth it." It's just you know, and again, this is what happens when. Jeez. <laughs> I love everything about Memphis except Dylan Brooks. Oh, wow, like he man. just he really frustrates me. But yeah. let's go down a different avenue. Let's focus on a little bit of positive because the Phoenix Suns won this game, guys. We're back to five hundred following Woo! this victory. We're twenty four and twenty four. Which, if you had told me that we were twenty four and twenty four on January twenty second, and we'd be going woo like we're Ric Flair at the beginning of the season, I'd be like, "Are you knucking futs?" Like, that's not right. But given the state of the sun, seeing what we've done up to this point, knowing the struggle that we faced relative to injuries with this victory, the Phoenix Suns are now the seventh seed in the West. And help is on the way. Help is on the way. Chris Paul returned tonight. Cameron Johnson's back. Kevin Booker's around the corner. So let's talk about some of those guys. Let's start with the point guard. The point guard. Chris Paul returned tonight, played 38 minutes, which I'm not a huge fan of. The, the simple fact that this team blew a 29-point lead kept Chris Paul in the game. But he had 22 points. He had 11 assists in this game. He had six rebounds, did have the five turnovers, was three of nine from beyond the arc, was eight of 18 from the field. Brandon, what did you see from the point guard tonight? Fantastic first half, and I don't remember what he did in the second half because the second half was a roller coaster. But, oh, my God, that first half. I, I was tweeting tweeting about it like every 10 seconds. Uh, he just looked really patient out there in the first half. Mm-hmm. That was one thing I noticed. And we all know that Chris Paul can do that. But, you know, he's, it's his first game back in what feels like forever. And he looked really patient out there. A few times he looked a little gassed, which is fair. But, I mean, you saw that play where he's dribbling in, in between his legs and Steven Adams came up on him. And he flickered that ball in the po- and it just little, little things like that. And then taking the ball up and just, you know, hitting the mid-range shot. And I can't say the word patient enough, but also setting guys up. Uh, there was a particular Tory Craig three that stands out to me in the first half. I think somebody fell to the floor. So it was a four on five. <clears throat> Chris Paul ran it up and kind of took his time. Tory Craig was wide open and he dished it for the open three and just little things like that. But again, in the second half, you guys might have to save me here because I don't really remember what he did. Maybe it was the 38 minutes. That's kind of why he faded out of the game or whatever. Did he even play in like the final three minutes of the game? Yeah, he was out there for sure. I mean, but you look at his, he he played 11 minutes and 55 seconds in the fourth quarter. Okay. He played all but five seconds in that fourth quarter. Now, granted, he was two of five (laughs) from the field. He was zero of three from beyond the arc. He was, he only had five points, but what the Phoenix Suns strategically did in that fourth quarter is they didn't put the ball necessarily in Chris Paul's hands yeah. a ton. Mikhail Bridges was bringing the ball up. It wasn't until that final possession with 28 seconds left and the Suns up by four or, or two points, Chris Paul had the ball. They waited patiently again to echo your sentiment there, Brandon patient. Yeah. He was patient as he allowed the double team to come to him to which he passed out to Mikhail Bridges to which he got down to Dario Sarge who got the foul called and hit two major free throws. But I think that, you know, you hit on a key thing when it comes to Chris Palm. This one, had he not played in that fourth quarter because the, the Phoenix Suns blew the lead, he would have only ended with like 26 minutes. It would have been fantastic. It's exactly what you need from him, you know, but the other side of that is 
he's going to have to have an opportunity to work himself back into shape. Matthew, are you a fan of him playing that many minutes? I mean, it's kind of a victim of circumstance at this point, right? Yeah, it, it kind of sucks because you have him back, but then Booker's not back. Booker, if he plays, I feel like this game is maybe out of reach and he plays more minutes. Um, but Booker would play more minutes and Chris Paul could kind of sit. But that's the way it is with this team. I feel like the whole minutes thing, it's like you go into games um, and you you kind of hope like, oh, Mikhail might, hopefully let's get him under 35 minutes tonight. But no, it's always 40 minutes, always. no matter what. He's going to be run ragged by the, end of the, the, by the end of the year again. Like, this is the way it is. Cameron Johnson goes over his minutes restrictions last game. Like, it's just because of the situation. It's Monty said, he's like, when Cam came in, you know, that, we fed off of it. The crowd was excited. Um, it was a moment for us, and we knew that we had to win this game. And it was it's not really must win, but it kind of is. You kind of want to go on a streak here. And it's the same thing with Chris Paul. It's like you kind of kind of keep him in because of the circumstance, but that's the way it is always with the Suns. It's like you, these guys kind of get more minutes than what you want, but you have kind of the right group to do that too. Cause I feel like Chris Paul doesn't give a shit. He's like, I'll play 45 minutes or 48 minutes. I don't care. He was he's not gonna, he's not gonna what, complain. Like six games or something like that. Yeah, so for a while. He's making so up I'm sure for he's lost fine. Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he'll he get should. more rest. He'll get he'll get more rest. This was kind of like a rest for him. I feel like I feel like he'll he'll have a few of these going down the stretch of the season. We'll have two or three games off in a row or something like that. So I'm okay with the minutes, but this soon it's kind of crazy. Well, I just think that he probably was available for last night's game against the Indiana Pacers. But the Phoenix Suns knew that the Memphis Grizzlies would be a tougher challenge, seeing as they're the second team in the Western Conference. And if you wanted to blow your load, if you will, relative to minutes, tonight's the night you do it, right? You let Saban Lee, you let Dwayne Washington Jr. eat up all the minutes yesterday. You, you say, Chris Paul, we're going to ride you tonight. Knowing that you're off tomorrow, you play the Horny Hornets on Tuesday. On Thursday, yeah. you know you, you have a game against the Dallas Mavericks, and then you play the San Antonio Spurs. Like... What's interesting about the month of January to this point is coming into tonight, the opposition has had a winning percentage of 58%. And you take a look at next week between the Hornets, the Mavericks, and the Spurs, the opposition has a winning percentage of 37%. It's been this perfect storm for the Phoenix Suns in January of injuries plus really tough competition. And we're on a th we're, we're exiting that that really tough stretch. We think back to Christmas. Think back to right before Christmas, and we all talked about it. As Devin Booker got hurt on Christmas Day, we're like, "Fuck!" Yeah. Not only is he getting hurt, but we're going into a really tough stretch of the season. And now we're starting to exit that tough stretch. We're doing so on a three game winning streak. Have we lost some games? Absolutely. Have we looked bad? Absolutely. But we're five hundred. We're half game out of the sixth spot. How are you feeling about where the Phoenix Suns are right now, Suns Geek? I'm feeling better, and I think you put it perfectly. And, and I remember somebody in my comment section pretty much said the same thing as well. I, I'm paraphrasing, but they pretty much said, I kind of feel like the Suns are out of the storm, if you will. Um, and, and I was looking at the schedule as you were talking. Now, I'm a huge believer, even last year and the year before that, you can lose on any given night. So I don't know if the Hornets game is going to be a trap game necessarily because they're really beat up and they're injured. Who knows if LaMelo Ball is going to play? But like, think about it. Charlotte, they're one of the worst teams in the league. Dallas, that's a toss-up. Who knows? They've, I think they've lost like four in a row. Um, yeah, they're they're four and six in their last 10. They're definitely yeah. a, a one of those up-and-down teams. They're 25 and 20. Or they're tw 25 and 23 now after losing yeah. tonight. And then like San Antonio, Toronto, Atlanta, teams that are struggling. So as of right now, I am feeling better about the Phoenix Suns because we pretty much got through our toughest part arguably of the entire season, you know, with, with the schedule and everything, as we saw tonight, guys are slowly, but surely coming back fingers crossed and praying for Devin Booker. Hopefully he comes back as soon as possible. Uh, maybe we might need to tighten up on some minutes restrictions for players like, you know, CP three and cam and all that, but uh, I'm feeling better. And someone also pointed this out too, that like the second, you know, the, the, the second and third unit, the guys that were like filling in for all these injured players, they obviously hadn't played, that much together like in a real game if you will and we kind of saw that get better and better throughout these last few games and now with chris paul back and cam johnson it's like it's all slowly but surely coming together so i'm feeling better and then you kind of mentioned the standings too third what is like 12 teams or something like that could make the playoffs right now there's only eight slots to make it it's like the, the western conference and i'm a big standings guy i'm always checking the standings and everything mm -hmm. 
but it's hard to do that as of late because it's like every single day the standing is different. One day we were the twelfth yeah. seed. Now we're like what the seventh or sixth or whatever. It's mm-hmm. it's insane. Yeah, I think that um going to the all-star break too, you always think about those teams that are like the hot teams in the second half of the season, which actually is usually after the all-star break. I thought the Suns would be that team. Yeah. Um, they might start a little bit earlier just because they're pulling these games off when they're not supposed to. Yeah. Um, when John did say, like, oh, Chris Paul's in starting line, I'm like, what? And he's like, Well, Aiden's not, but I'm like, I don't care. But you know what I mean? Like, he's just like, who cares? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> When Chris Paul's back, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, Cameron Johnson just came back. Chris Paul's back. We won this game. We probably should have blown them out. We had a full squad. But it's like maybe this is starting a little bit earlier. And it's just about getting hot at the right time. Yeah, 13 teams right now are really in the hunt. I think uh, the Lakers are the 13th spot with 21 Which 25. Which is crazy to think yeah. about. And you just want to be a top six. You yeah. do because you're not scared of any of these teams. You're really not. I mean, the Pelicans, but the Pelicans have to be healthy. And they can't Even- be healthy. Even the OKC Thunder, believe it or not, you would think they're trying to tank for Wembenyamba, but they could make the playoffs, and they're they're actually playing pretty good basketball. As crazy as that sounds, the yeah. OKC Thunder. Can't yeah, they're playing really well because they have a lot of talent on their team. There's a lot of talent in the NBA period, and you take a look at the standings overall. And you know, as, as Matthew mentioned, of the 15 teams in the Western Conference, 13 are still in the hunt, and only 10 make the make it to the play and and, and to no Brandon's point on, and only eight make it to the actual playoffs. Yep. You look on the Eastern Conference side of things, and it's it's a little bit more convoluted. There's about of the 15 teams over there, I'd say 12 are still fighting for the playoffs. The, the Magic, the Hornets, the Pistons, they're they're out of it, in yeah. my personal opinion. The Wizards oh, yeah. are probably and, yeah. and the Raptors are probably not too far behind. Yeah, I don't so, have faith in those teams. Yeah, I don't either. And and again, because they lack you know, the, the Raptors, the Wizards, they, they lack the talent. The the Magic have talent but they lack the the know-how. Yeah. They're still lurking on the they're still working on the chemistry and trying to discover who they are. They're young so too. They are. And and every win is so vital and that's what, you know, again as we're starting to come out of this stretch, you have to be thankful as a Suns fan because the reinforcements are coming. The schedule's easing up. Now, granted the Suns still have the 10th hardest schedule per tankathon. It's the 10th or the 11th hardest remaining schedule in the NBA, but it's better than the top 5. You know, 10th that's like upper third it's not like upper two percent better than what we faced in early january <laughs> yeah but 100%. at this rate too you just never know with injuries and stuff and i think the suns will need the actual like kind of competition going into the playoffs you know with this team kind of just test yeah. them a little bit more um because you just never know who's actually gonna be playing these games um but i think the suns can get hot at the right time so it is crazy how just a week ago we were talking about you know, let's just like the blow lottery, let's blow it up. Like <laughs> the podcasts were serious about blowing this team up. And it's like, <laughs> wait, hold on. Like even Booker's like, who was the guy to ask the question to, um, was it DA or someone after the game? I think it was Mikhail Bridges saying the window's going to be closed. And then a uh, Booker did tweet out like that was a dumb Chris, question. Yeah, it was Chris Haynes. Of <laughs> yeah. It's like, what kind of stupid ass question yeah. was that? <laughs> the windows, dude, no, it's injuries. All right. And we had to chill out too, but I never went that far. I never went that far. So we asked the questions though, because it's the responsible thing to do is you have yeah. to ask that question. That question when your team's on a six game losing streak, you have to ask that question. But to your point, reinforcements are coming back. We, we played the drop for CP three. Cam Johnson was back against lights, Cameron, action. Wasn't the most amazing Cameron Johnson performance. 29 minutes played. He was three of nine from the field. He did not hit a three-pointer. Ended with eight points, six rebounds, one assist in this game. But what I appreciated about the effort from Cam Johnson was just that. It was a quality effort. He was utilizing his physicality on some box outs. You know, he was making the right plays. He was in the right spots. You know, that's what you're looking for as he starts to get himself reintegrated back into this offense and back with this team. You know, Matthew, you're the Cameron Johnson, uh, the head of the Cameron Johnson fan club. You get tons of mail sent to your house, addressed (laughs) to the president of the Cameron Johnson fan club. What kind of things have you been reading as you've been accepting that fan mail? Oh, there's just a lot of... uh really awkward naughty picks i'm getting really not not a whole lot of words too (laughs) yeah well i get coupons for donuts i have to go pick them up myself (laughs) dude i tell you about it like the way that cameron johnson looks is great of course he comes back great game feel like the energy he had and i'm sure he was super excited to be back on the floor gave it to the team took the night off again then comes back 
And you're not going to have a perfect night every night. We even talked about when he comes back, it's going to take a few weeks, maybe even a month for him to actually look like Cameron Johnson again. Um, but he has that killer instinct, uh, a look on his face that Dak Prescott does not have. He's a guy that you can actually <laughs> trust to make the right the right place. He's becoming a vet before our eyes. I know he's had the injury issues, but he just he looks comfortable. He's a mature guy that just fits this offense and is kind of, like you said, bodying up and using his – his uh his size something that he needs to do and they need the toughness too and i feel like he can kind of bring that as long as he plays like a smart physical kind of basketball he can be that guy not extremely like maybe like uh not as extreme as a jay crowder maybe but he can be someone that can be a threat on the boards and just using his size to his to his limits um we'll see how good he gets at that part of his game because we really do need that um but shooting is always going to be there for sure i'm just happy he's back man there was some girl that actually posted on twitter of her crying in the audience when she came back you know what it's emotional sometimes i think about these guys driving i'm thinking about booker well, dude, eating a donut I'm so excited coming back yeah <laughs> eating my fifth donut i'm like dude <laughs> oh, i miss that guy matt that was well done well said and everything or well well done's better than well said but uh I'm going to pretty much piggyback off what you said. Um, <clears throat> just the fact that he's out there. And I think we saw that in what the Pacers game or whatever, just the mm-hmm. fact that he's out there uh, being aggressive, trying to hit shots. I mean, not every day that the ball is going to go in the basket, but keep in mind, even though that play was broken at the very end, he did hit that clutch shot. And I think he went to the free throw line. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so again, just the fact that he's out there and you are right. He does kind of need to get a little more aggressive on the boards. And some people mentioned it in the chat. I think he's a really underrated defender. I'm not saying he's like a Mikhail Bridges type defender, but he's, I feel like he, his defense gets really overlooked. And again, just the fact that he's out there, dude, we just need bodies out there. And I'm yeah. just so happy he's back, man. Even if he did kind of struggle like he did tonight. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, someone's like, well, we actually need probably Booker back for help, but it's like, no, we just need guys that can shoot. Like we just need shooters. We just out need there, bodies man. out there. If more yeah. bodies and the other guys are, you know, they can save their energy for certain types of, I, like the Akogis, just um, even Mikhail, even like um, Ish, like these guys that are just high energy. Yeah. Like they can put that energy towards like their <laughs> game, just of the hustle plays and just doing the things that a lot of these players won't do. Now you have just a shooter like Cameron Johnson to come in and get you buckets, which is awesome. You good and over your, there, John? Yeah. Internet. Oh, yeah. What happened? It's kind of. <laughs> start talking about cameron johnson i get all hot and bothered yeah, no i think that you know and sun's geek makes a good point too you know it's he, he might not be on the level of defense when it uh as mikhail bridges but he brings a level of physicality that has definitely been missed by this team this season yeah we definitely need some more of his physicality uh and we definitely need to watch this promo from DraftKings. listen up jamsters i know this is a basketball podcast but the nfl playoff picture is locked in and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this upcoming weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice and if it loses, You'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action is so good, why not bet FL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. That's going to be depressing to watch. (laughs) Was depressing to watch right now. Tell you what wasn't depressing to watch. The Sarge Smoke Break. Mario Sarge tonight off the bench, 21 minutes, had 14 points, four or five from the field, six of seven from the free throw line, had eight rebounds, four assists, three steals. How about the play, Brandon? When Dario Sarge stole the ball from Triple J, led the fast break, got it to D. Lee, who got the and one. We saw some some point Sarge running the break. We saw I lived for Dario Sarge and one. <laughs> how great was he tonight? That's what I was gonna say, man. How many how many and ones did Dario Sarge have tonight? And let's be real, how many and ones did the entire Suns team have tonight? That is huge because you guys huge. know we don't get to the free throw line much, especially like when Booker and all of them are out. 
Uh, this game was incredible. And I even jokingly said on Twitter, I was like, that Dario highlight of him running the floor and everything, and I think he got that and one. That has to be a top 10 highlight. And I'm not even joking. I'm, I'm going to die on that hill. Uh, Dario was great, man. Sometimes it's just that energy and that effort that you need from Dario. He sometimes has overlooked games like that. Like he may not really stand out statistically on, uh, you know, on the stat sheet, but he has games where he is really effective and productive and he hit the clutch free throws that pretty much won us the game. You could argue that I even tweeted that. I said clutch Dario wouldn't thought I'd tweet that out ever. Uh, (laughs) And you know what, man, this takes me back to the off season when he was playing for Croatia and the, uh, the FIBA tournament or whatever it's called, FIBA World. Uh, I said FIBA World Cup, FIBA World. What's Euro Cup? I don't know. Euro Basket. Yeah, you get my yeah, point. like the Euro, the, the Euro Championships, whatever it is. I, I had to think about that. We're so it's uncultured. Such a, it's, such a, it's such a crazy ride and a crazy season. I don't even know what I'm talking about, but uh, he looked really good in the Euro Basket tournament, and I think that that was shown a lot tonight. And then, like I mentioned, in some games in the past where he's kind of had an overlooked game. Just the fact that he's healthy, fingers crossed. Uh, Dario was great tonight. It's fun watching the Cowboys game. You're just having the hardest time. You hear John over there on the chair like, go, go, Dario, Dario, and one. I'm like, what? Wait, there's a fast break, and he's running the fast break, and I missed that shit watching this Cowboys Dario's game. Dario's an all-star now. <laughs> yeah. You know, we talked a lot about last pot. I'm like, I like the way he's looking. And this is silly to say, dude. I feel like he is one of those X-Factor kind of players. Um, he got the foul at the end, and I'm not sure if it was a foul, but he actually I'll got a call. It. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it too. Yeah, he never um, gets a call. He, he never does. Got a call I was after. so surprised when he fell on the floor. I was like, "What? <laughs> That's a foul?" Yep, he got a foul. But he is and an John Morant way, can dude. never complain about bullshit fouls. No, no one can in the NBA. He he's going to play a big part with this team going forward. Um, unless I don't know if he's going to be traded or what. Who knows? I I doubt it because I feel like the way this team is playing right now with the chemistry is really really good. It was like it was before, kind of in a way. But he's like. He'll have an off game here or there, but I feel like overall, man, he's kind of a guy we can count on right now. He's not being a big dumb jerk out there like he was before. Can I cut you <laughs> off, Matthew, too? Oh, also, like, if you notice, obviously, Bismack got in foul trouble. And uh, who, who else Jock is out Landell there? Was, yeah, he thank got you, Jock out. Landell. Thank you for saving me there. They both like, fouled out. Even though Dario's not the biggest presence out there, he's like, what, six foot 10, six foot 11. He was there for the size and strength, if you will. And that was really huge. He, he was in foul trouble too. He had five, five fouls. <laughs> yeah. Still, I mean, that's the fact that he was out there. I thought was huge. Yeah, yeah and and who knows? You know, fouls. with Jock Landell and Busy being out there, yeah. You will one. You have to use them, and they they used them. They did, but due to the foul trouble, Dario was out there to ultimately get fouled and hit those clutch free throws. So kudos to him again. Fourteen points coming off the bench, and kudos to Tory Craig tonight because he's been kind of absent recently. Coming into this game, the last four games for Torrey Craig, he's averaging 25.6 minutes played. He And in that 25.6 minutes, he's averaging 3.8 points. He's averaging 12.5% shooting from beyond the arc. He's averaging 30% f- just straight-up field goal percentage. Torrey Craig has offensively been absent. Now, we haven't been riding him very much. I think that what he brings on the defensive end, the rebounding that he's provided, uh, is absolutely paramount to the success of this team. You know, 4.8 rebounds in those last four games entering tonight. But you take a look at his performance tonight, 20 points, four rebounds, a couple steals, four of six from beyond the arc, seven of nine overall shooting. Torrey Craig was absolutely paramount to the success of this team tonight. He was part of what built that big lead. It was him who was finding him, who who was being open, who was cutting and and allowing Chris Paul to throw that whip around pass to as the offense was being navigated and Mikhail Bridges was going for 24 points tonight. It was Torrey Craig who found, found himself open and ultimately knocked down those shots. Suns geek. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he had a few, I guess, quote clutch threes kind of later in the game, but he was aggressive all game. I feel like it might've gotten overlooked with how great the Suns played in the first half and, even though we kind of blew it in the second half, I feel like his performance might go a little bit overlooked, but you know, hitting those open shots and everything. And I don't want to make excuses for Torrey Craig. I mean, players go through slumps. I was looking at his stats when you were talking and everything, maybe he was just thrown off because he was pretty uh, helping us as much as he possibly could while we were super injured. 
we all know how ag- aggressive he is offensively. But I kind of have a weird theory, maybe because Cam Johnson was starting too, and we had three wings out there, maybe that kind of threw him off a little bit. But mm-hmm. also it might have helped him in a way because, I mean, we all know how much of a threat Cam Johnson is. Mikhail Bridges was really good tonight too. But this was a nice bounce back game for Torrey Craig. Yeah, we wrote him so hard and like, you know, um, <laughs> the way that the Suns had to use him so early in the season with Jay Crowder not being there, it's he was our favorite player. He was my favorite player, and he still is. He was a guy that was nonstop. At, at times when you just get on to Aiden, you're like, fuck, at least, could you play like Tory Craig? It's like yeah, sometimes Aiden looks like Tory Craig yeah. out there. Yep. Um, the effort he puts in for this team is just – it's unmatched, I feel like. I feel like Akogi is maybe right there with him for sure, but – He's a guy you could count on for forever. He's been playing a lot of minutes this year um, just to make up for Cameron Johnson. So anything he's given us right now is just extra. I think that he'll kind of settle like back tonight. down like tonight. Yeah. yeah, like tonight he kind of settled back down. But he he's done so much. We didn't win a lot of games with him starting at power forward, but he did as best as he could. He kind of proved to us it's like we kind of forgot about the whole trade thing. So really happy he's on our team right now. I can see why they wanted him back so badly. Yeah, and – I'm I'm just glad that he, the James Jones didn't trade him to the Pacers last night. Uh, just an effort to bring him back in like two weeks because that's what <laughs> yeah. he likes to do. So I was very excited to see yeah. that he was getting the start yeah. tonight and that, uh, you know, the Phoenix Suns still rostered him. So the effort that he's been providing to us is something that's going to be nothing but paramount to the success of this team once we are fully healthy or close to being fully healthy because he will slide back into his bench role and he's going to provide that production uh, that – we really enjoyed the front end of the season when the Phoenix Suns were successful and we were healthy. It was Torrey Craig who was really doing a great job off the bench and he's been serviceable during this stretch. He's taken some beatings, but he's, he's the definition of a role player and have him come out again and score 20 points tonight was absolutely fantastic. I do want to talk about one other player before I get into some, you know, like subreddit stakeout and all that fun stuff and and just really talk about this Memphis team a little bit more. Uh, Mikhail Bridges. You know, it's one thing that we talked about pretty extensively on the podcast is how Mikhail Bridges simply just needed some more shot attempts and he needed to try to be a more integral part of this offense. And you take a look at how the Phoenix Suns played the first half of this month, the the first to the 14th of the month. Mikhail Bridges actually led the team in scoring at 15.3 points per game in the first seven games of the month. The team was one in six in those games. He he uh, he shot 43.2% from the field on 12.6 shot attempts in the last week. In the last four games, the team is three and one. He's attempted 18.8 shot attempts. So six more shot attempts a game, 23.8 points. And again, the team is three and one. Just I, I, I just got to know, you know, Suns Geek, what what how have you been perceiving everything about Mikhail Bridges because there's been that's been one of those kind of chatter pieces if you will on Suns Twitter on Suns Facebook is you know Mikhail Bridges is somebody who we don't need him to score a lot of points that's not who he's supposed to be and the other side of that camp which is one of the camps that I've lived in is like I get that that's not who he's supposed to be but right now is what we need from him and he can grow from these moments where where do you kind of stand on that stance if you will and how have you appreciated his performances over this past week sort of on the ladder like i'm trying to see both sides of the coin because obviously as we saw with deandre Ayton and mikhail bridges when we were struggling you know just recently we really could have used them to go like on off- offensive explosions yeah but the way i look at it <clears throat> is mikhail bridges and you 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 sort of uh, matthew sort of referenced it earlier like cam johnson's kind of like a, a veteran now so is mikhail bridges in a way and it's like he's getting paid, what, four years, $90 million or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You should want to offensively grow. And we've seen flashes of that. I'm sure I've been on this podcast and I've talked to both of you about it. When Mikhail Bridges has like a quiet 25 or 30-point game, which he has done, the Suns are hard to beat. So wow. I, I And I'm sure if, if all three of us ask Mikhail Bridges, do you want to be an offensive player? Do you want to be, you know, uh, be consistently on offense and everything? I'm sure he'd say yes. You know what I mean? because that's all about growing as a basketball player. And again, like I cannot repeat this enough when he is on the Phoenix Suns are a tough team to beat. So 
And we saw too during that rough January stretch, even on defense, he was struggling in a way. Yeah. It kind of seemed like Mikhail Bridges was off, but you know, with Cam Johnson coming back and kind of the floor opening up a little bit more, guys slowly but surely coming back, he just seems more confident now. And another another thing I've been noticing too is uh, not that he's really like playmaking Mikhail Bridges, but he can playmake, he can take the ball up the floor. That's another area that he can work on and improve and get better at. Um, but I don't know. Players go through slumps, kind of like we saw with Torrey Craig and everything. I, I just think he looks happier out there. He looks more confident, but he should want to take on that role and become a better offensive player. And Matthew yeah. and Matthew, you know, real quick, you take a look <laughs> at the way that McHale has, has played recently. There's most likely an adjustment period, obviously to having, going from the tertiary or fourth option to kind of being the first or second offensive option. I got to ask you, Matthew, on a scale of one to 10, uh, how fun is, is George Kittle? <laughs> I mean, have you seen his long hair and his tattoos? He's just a fun guy. He's a fun dude. You know, he, he plays, he plays in the NFL and he's a wild guy. I think he might drive a motorcycle too. He plays the right Does he way. Does he go to drive-ins? I Does think he, he plays the right way. Right, like this crazy stuff. Like, I don't know much about George Kittle, but I know that he's Cowboys. a fun guy. Sorry. Well, I, I mean, that I you, you can Cowboys. agree with what Luke Ferris said. He gave us a dollar ninety nine in the <laughs> super chat. And he said, "Cowboys blow." They do. Sorry, that was a quick tangent. Matthew and I were watching the game, and like we just kept commenting on how in love Greg Olson was. Oh, you know, because Greg Olson's a tight end. I get it, but he's this 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 George Kittle. What a fun guy. The, the thing is. The thing is, like, they get so bored. All they do is talk about these guys and how awesome they are. It's like, just comment on the game, what's happening on the game. Stop telling us about Brock Birdie, Purdy and how good he Brock is. Birdie. <laughs> Birdie, whatever the fuck his name is. When you throw the ball, when he throws the ball for 15 yards and the guy's wide open. Oh, look at that. Oh, my a, God. This, how let me tell you about his history guy? again. Like, it's like, chill out. Like, that's the, that's the hard Mr. part about being a fan of the sucky team. If you're a fan of the sucky team, you have to listen to this stuff. It's tough. It is really, really so hard. Like the, it so the like game. the NBA and T, uh, on TNT crew does every time the Suns are playing, thing. and they they Just, praise the yeah, other team. Stop with that stuff. You can when they're talking about story. Story. Yeah. Give, they're they're in the NFL. They're in the NBA. They're awesome. They're really good at what they do because they made it this far. We get it. So Mikael Bridges is yeah, he Mikhail, a more fun dude. guy than George Kittle? Oh hell yes. yeah, he is, dude. He dances <laughs> before games. I hope that comes back. Him and Aiden and the triplets. We gotta start uh, winning first, dude. <laughs> I love how McHale's been aggressive, and the offense is just so quick with him. When they went away from DA, and this is not DA slander, it's just like when they went away from like, hey, let's post up DA five times in a row and see what he can do, the, the offense got better. When McHale was running it, and he's running off screens, he's just making sure that you get a quick set. It's a quick flow. He can cut after. He can do whatever you want on offense, and it flows better. It looks better. You get quicker shots. You can get back on defense like quicker. It just everything just is working for him. He was lost. He lost his twin early in the year. He had to put up with DA and the rest of the team. Not saying put up with him, but just the saying injuries. like you he had to deal with everything that was going on and he had to become the leader. And he was. Yeah. And I'm so glad that that happened right before Chris Paul came back and when Booker comes back because it's going to help him in the long run. But he doesn't need to shy away from it. I told John, it's like Monty's Monty was saying, like he doesn't want. Mikhail to shy away from this kind of play. It's true. We all feel the same way. We all feel, we all hope that down the line, like he can continue to be this aggressive. The shot attempts 20, what do you get? 18 eight tonight? For two, yeah, eight for 21, I think. 21, yeah. keep it up. Keep it up. I know it's going to yeah. go down a little bit when Booker Just gets back. Just keep shooting. But keep yeah, shooting. Keep shooting. He's, yeah. he's automatic. And don't do those crazy fadeaways. Get to your spots and hit those jumpers because he gets hot. How about that crossover into that jumper, Brandon? Did you see that play? That Holy was nice. Shit. Yeah, that was really nice. Uh, and again, that that's the uh, aggressive Mikhail Bridges that we all know. And, you know, another thing, too, is I even tweeted this out. When the ball's zipping around and you actually have ball movement, Mikhail Bridges is hard to stop, too. That's why mm -hmm. I referenced the Torrey Craig three-point shooting, because he hit a couple big threes tonight that we needed. And I was like, oh, do you see what happens when the ball is moving, Phoenix Suns? I don't yeah. care who's on the floor. What a Move concept. the damn ball. <laughs> Yeah, none of that ISO ball, and that's where yeah. the Phoenix Suns excel is when they're when they're they're whipping that ball around. So uh, before before I get into the Suns <laughs> subreddit stakeout, I got to ask this one question to both of you: Do the Suns win this game, or did the Memphis Grizzlies lose it? Going to the first half, the Memphis Grizzlies shot fifteen of fifty from the field, 
which is Ugh. 30%. They were two of 14 from beyond the arc, which is 14.3%. They scored 37 first half points. The Suns scored 62 first half points. They were seven of 17 from beyond the arc, which is 41.2. And they were 24 of 51 from the field, which is 47.1. You go to the second half, and obviously the numbers kind of flip, right? The 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 Grizzlies shoot 59.5% from the field and 50% from beyond the arc, scored 73 points. The Suns scored 50 points in the second half, 15 of 37 for 40 point five percent and thirty three point three percent from beyond the arc. So I'll ask again, did the Suns win this game or did the Grizzlies lose it? I think they I think the Grizzlies lost it and here's why they had thirty seven points at halftime. Mm-hmm. And I remember even though we were had like an eight man roster at one point, there were times where I was scared if the Phoenix Suns were going to get like fifty or sixty points in the game. We kind of saw that tonight mm-hmm. uh with the Grizzlies anyways. And yes, they had an excellent Second half, and I will give them credit all day. They had an amazing second half. Pretty much, we punched them in the mouth in the first half, and they punched us in the mouth in the second half. But this was a game full of runs, man. I can, I, I, I'm looking at my notes right here. I'm like, 10-0 run by the the Memphis Grizzlies at one point, and then 12-0 run by the Suns, and the Suns answer with another like run. It was just, it was chaos. It was a great game, roller coaster of a game. Uh, but the Suns won it, and I think they truly won this game in the first half, even though it came down to the wire, a little too close for comfort. Even I was, like, literally at the edge of my seat. I was like, oh, my God, don't blow the Suns. Uh, we still won, and uh, I think the Phoenix Suns won this game. The, or so, Excuse me, the Grizzlies lost this game, especially yeah. in the first half. Matthew? I, I think the Suns won it. The energy they've been playing, I'm not surprised they got out to the start they got out to, and the psyche that the, the Grizzlies have right now in these games where it's like you got to kind of prove something now, that can haunt you, and I think that can cost you games. They but got I think, shook. I think the way the Suns mm-hmm. have been playing is just they've been they've been on fire. They barely won in the end, but right now I'll take anything. And yeah. if if the Grizzlies lost this game because they just couldn't put the ball in the hoop, that's fine with me. I'll take any win right now, man. <laughs> yeah, I think you know you you both hit both sides of that argument, which I think is valid. You know, did, you. The Sun, did the Suns <laughs> win it? Did Memphis lose it? I think both. You know, Memphis yeah, yeah. right now is a better team. They're a more complete team, they're oh, a less yeah. injured team. The Phoenix Suns came out with energy, and that's what we've been lacking a lot, but we've been seeing a little bit more. Obviously, during this win streak, you're seeing an energetic and a frenetic Phoenix Suns team. And even with Chris Paul back, we still played with some pace in this game. So the Phoenix Suns went out there and they took it, and then they just held on and survived. It was like a roller coaster where they're just like plummeting down and they're just holding on, gritting their teeth, hoping that they you know, didn't leave their wallet in their back pocket and it's flying up and somebody just got 50 bucks. So it's just, I mean, that's just the way it goes. <laughs> that's just the way it goes. But again, a win is a win. And this is the subreddit stake. The sun's jam session subreddit stakeout. Subreddit stakeout, especially when you're playing against a team like the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, their fan base is obviously highly engaged and they were appalled at what they saw. Again, they, I, I stated it earlier that their thread was your Memphis Grizzlies take to the road to face the Northern Arizona Suns, RIP, in a rare NBA versus G League matchup. And then the original poster said, fuck, I hope I don't regret this title. They almost instantly changed it and like midway through the first quarter. They deleted that thread and they started a new one. Someone asked that in our comments. They're like, did they delete the thread? They deleted the thread. <laughs> you know when they, they deleted, deleted the it, it's bad. <laughs> yes, but, so, but I got a screen cap of it, so fuck off. Uh, here's some of the things that they said. Shannon Sharp in Arizona, any sights on him? And somebody responded, we'd be able to spot that granny sweater from a mile away, LOL. The Memphis Grizzlies and their fan base will always hate Shannon Sharp forever, won't they? <laughs> yeah, it's the weirdest thing, dude, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's it's all for that show, man. You got to get ratings. Shannon Sharp does his thing, and Skip Bayless is an actor, too. It's all wrestling. It's all WWE it right is. now. It totally. It I don't. I don't really care about kind of stuff like this, but the fact that they let Shannon Sharp stay in yeah. the arena—that was the biggest red flag for me. I'm like, that's bullshit. Because if that was one of us, we would have been oh, fucking kicked so out. Gone. Yeah, that's why you know it's a show. Bull- well, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was rigged. It was staged or whatever. That was bullshit, man. Yeah. Yeah, he'll talk about it on the show Monday. <laughs> uh, somebody else said, "I thought the Grizzlies were supposed to be playing the Suns today. Who's this team?" So they were <laughs> nice. su- surprised. Love that. <laughs> Uh, nice. This is a great one. What the <laughs> fuck is up with the officiating? Can't the re- refs not see that we're perfectly capable of losing this game on our own? 
Um, knew <laughs> knew the frustration. I do too. I absolutely yeah. love it. Uh, knew the frustration Dylan Brooks foul was coming. So there was a play where Dylan Brooks thought he was fouled on a play. And then shortly thereafter, he went and on offense, he really went at uh, the Phoenix Suns. Like he, it, there, there was an offensive foul. And he drove to the hoop, and he like he 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 went up, and he he like threw his hands. And I'm gonna find the clip. And I'm gonna put it on fucking Twitter because it made me mad. And then the next time down, he actually fouled Chris Paul, and everybody knew it was coming. I will always remind everybody of Dylan of Dylan Brooks, and th- one of the reasons I hate him. This clip right here. Now at 13. Foul going on Brooks. This is him in college in Oregon, and just master class on flopping. I'll never let that go. It's nasty. That's I'll nasty, ne- man. I'll never let that go. Uh, another thing said on the subreddit stakeout, Ja is not even trying to hide his half-ass attitude today. Fuck it, I'm off. See you next game. Ooh, he, did yeah. look, he did look a little off tonight, despite he what he did later off. in the game. He looked a little off. Well, when, when his team's down, you know, he's an emotional yeah. player. Yep. And he ended with 27 points on 9 of 17 shooting. He was 1 of 2 from beyond the arc. He had 8 assists. Still put up the numbers, but... Still put up the numbers. And to your point, Suns Geek, he did it in the second half. Of yeah. those 27 points, uh, John Morant had 18 in the second half. He had a rough first half just like the rest oh, of yeah. the team. And it was noted on the subreddit. Somebody said, I mean, just look at Josh's face. Whenever there's a close-up, the man's blazed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? He looked like, um, he looked like Hook from yes. Mom. I feel like yeah, he, he does look he like, like Dustin Hoffman and Hook. Yeah, I put in my notes. That he he didn't hit his second shot until the one fifty mark of the second quarter. That's which insane. is crazy. Ooh. Which is crazy. That but would be like Booker doing that. You know what I mean? That, that's and, and we've seen those things from our team, and it's unbelievably frustrating. So obviously yeah. their fan base was pretty frustrated as well. Yeah. Uh, somebody said Dylan Brooks is such a dumbass. Somebody said get Brooks out of the game. <laughs> uh, somebody said I really think so. Remember, it's Dylan Brooks's birthday today. So good job, sons. Way to give him a birthday present. Uh, Somebody said, I really think, or I think it's really cool that the quad, the squad is celebrating Chad's birthday by impersonating him on offense. First team, all chemistry. Cause, and, and I, and I actually went on the subreddit. I, I unrevealed who I was. And I'm like, why do you call him Chad? <laughs> they, and they said it's tongue in cheek because he has Kobe's brain, but Tony Allen's offensive prowess. <laughs> so they, even they don't like Dylan Brooks. They think he sucks. That's the point of that. That's what I was saying. I feel like even if he was on my team, same thing. It's funny to see the John Morant slander. It's kind of like reminds me of Booker when people are like get him out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. When Booker was young, he would drive you crazy certain times, but you can probably see that with Morant. <laughs> uh, here, here's a good observation from somebody. I always like when you have like you know you got a lot of people like oh this dumb shit get him out of here. He looks blazed like fuck his mother. And then you have like somebody who come in there they'll give like a really good analysis of their team. This is what somebody said about the Grizzlies. They said they're a young team and they don't respond well to being down. When they go down 10, they take quick shot clock threes, which leads to long rebounds and run out uh, transition points to compound the deficit. Simultaneously, they treat every defensive play as a frantic closeout and and either overhelp and give up open threes or foul. Repeat Repeat this a couple times and their body language goes to shit and they gave up. I knew when they started the game 07, this was going to happen. This team is either amazing 70% of the time or total ass 30% of the time. There is no in between. And that's okay. It's a young squad. What do you guys think of that? Uh, you know what? I don't mean to trash on the Suns right here. A lot of that kind of sounds like the Suns the last three years. I'm not sure I, I know, fully right? agree with everything in that, you know, huge but well put, you know, post. But that is true. And it, that just goes to show. I mean, the Grizzlies won, what, like 12 games in a row recently? Yeah. That goes to show that anybody can get beat. Every team has flaws. Every team has weaknesses. But that was pretty well done, you know what I mean? But uh, that reminded me a little bit of the Suns, the way that that was written. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the same exact thing. It does remind yeah. me of the Suns, too. So. <laughs> it reminds it just, me more of so the weird. Suns a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. I feel, and, because yeah. I feel like the team is mature enough now. They know how to grind out. When they get down, they know they can grind out and get back in games. But they remind me of the younger sons, you know, before Chris Paul came here, the Ricky Rubio year, the year prior to that, where it's like if you got down, you just knew you were screwed. Yep. So just an interesting observation to your point, Suns Geek. It's, you know, the majority of teams are probably like that too. Uh, none the last thing would have preferred this effort from the start. We just lost back to back to ass teams. 
Whoever said that doesn't know ball. Suck my ass. <laughs> the Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right. This should be interesting. I want to get what everybody's uh, thoughts are on the Jam Star of the Game. Jam Star of the Game. All right, Jamsters and my Jam fam, this is. A time to remind you to let everybody know around you who your jam star of the game is. Click like, <laughs> subscribe, rate, review, do all that fun stuff. Go to Suns Geek Channel. Mm. Do the same thing. Give him some thumbs up. Spread Thank the you. love. Do the right thing. And let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. There's some really good candidates in this one. Uh, let's go with uh, Matthew. We'll let yes. you go first, seeing as it was your birthday the other day. Happy yeah. belated birthday. Happy, uh, happy belated donuts. birthday, Matthew. We had the whole family over at my house today so we could watch some football. No one got Matthew a cake. The no Cowboys lost. I got my own donuts. No, got his own donuts. <laughs> the lady was like, you again? Another <laughs> birthday by yourself, huh, buddy? <laughs> Go ahead and sit down. Have a she looks at her watch. She goes, oh, yeah. It's about oh, that yeah. time of year. Matthew's yep. here. He'll be here a few more times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go because the only, the only two plays I saw in this game were with Dario Saric. I'm going to give it to Dario. Okay. <laughs> I was watching the game and I only saw two plays tonight. And, uh, you know, I can hear John over there squiggling in the corner about the game. But yeah, Dario. I mean, you you guys know me. I like to always have a few honorable mentions here. Dario honestly was one of my uh, jam star of the games. I'm not even going to lie to you. But honestly, I think it was CP3. I know that he kind of had a rough half and we've already talked about it and everything. But if he didn't have that first half, Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows what this game looks like? So I want to say Chris Paul uh, is my jam star of the game, but uh, you know, honorable mention: Dario Sarge, Tory Craig, and heck, even Cam Johnson. Let, let's just throw Cam Johnson in there. I'm going to give it to CP3 as well. He had a double double in this yeah. game, ended with ten assists, ended with a total of 22 points. So or 11 assists. I'm sorry. So 22 and 11 in his first game back. Absolutely Crazy. fantastic. Uh, I will give an honorable mention to Dylan Brooks's hairdo. Uh, not so much the dreads on the front, but the little pigtail coming out the back. It's adorable. It's adorable. It's one of those things. It's like, you just want to grab that pigtail and just start beating it in front of his face. You guys are weird with the punching and stuff. I don't know if I can go that far. <laughs> you and the Aussie Suns fans are Suns boss. The only what, person that I would even do that to is Robert Horry. And you guys know why. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about uh-huh. different things in Suns lore that will live forever. And it's like Robert Horry. Uh, John Paxson three in game seven last summer. Those are like, and Dylan Brooks <laughs> and Dylan Brooks. No, because Dylan Brooks is somebody who we actually beat. So, uh, but that, those are our jam stars up next for the Phoenix suns. We have them playing, uh, at home against the Charlotte Hornets. Suns geek mentioned it at the front end of the podcast, an injured team. We don't know if LaMelo ball is going to be playing. Kelly Oubre is out know. with a torn ligament. Uh, yeah. so he's going to be out four They're to six injured, weeks. Man. They're an injured team. Yeah. Uh, Kerry Rozier is like leading them in scoring right now. They got Gordon Hayward back. They got PJ Washington. So they have some names. Are you afraid of those names? Are you afraid of, you know, as, as you said, Brandon, a potential trap game, knowing that Dallas is coming to town on Thursday. Do you see this as a trap game? Do you think the Suns <laughs> extend their winning streak or could this be one that surprises us? Could be a potential. It's like all the above, if that makes sense. And the only reason I say that is just because of the Suns circumstances right now. You know what I mean? Because we've been injured. We don't know who's playing from night to night and everything. I'm like, could be a potential trap game, but the Hornets are terrible for a reason. I think if we just come out with that first half effort that we did tonight, I think we'll get the W. And we need it. This is a game that we should win. And who knows what's going to happen in that Mavericks game. But even with the Spurs, they're terrible, man. Mm -hmm. We should should get that win. So, I don't know. Matthew? Yeah. Well, what are the Hornets are three and seven in the last 10 games? They won two in a row. I don't... I think LaMelo, this is like a lost year for them, man. I yeah. see the injuries and what happened at the beginning of the season with um, Bridges. Like, it just bad omen from the start. So, big LaMelo fan. I like Gordon Hayward still a little bit, but it, it just needs to be a complete team to even compete. Um, I I think this is the Suns win. That's why I was need- excited. I thought we would lose tonight. I thought the Suns would bounce back and beat the Horny Hornets, but they will get four wins in a row now. They Woo! need to they, no. need, they need to move Woo! on from some of those pieces too and just rebuild around uh, around Lamelo. Yeah, opinion. maybe a new owner too. I mean, or something with he's been a zero it. man. 
we're talking about it. So we'll see. Gordon Hayward is somebody who they could definitely get rid of. Yeah. PJ Washington, somebody who they could get rid of. I think that you're right, Brandon. I think that you start with Lamelo, you get a shot at Wemby, a shot at Scoot Henderson, and you kind of go anybody, from there. Man, anybody, just, they need, they need lots. Of or them. Joel Ramirez says Hornets will get number one pick, and Jordan will draft Kwame again. <laughs> so he might fuck that up. I don't want Wemby to go to that team. I want him to go to like a. I hate the Spurs, but you know, just a team that can actually make him a you know a superstar. It just it's it's scary to go to the Hornets. They would probably do that too. Yeah, facts. So we'll we'll see on Tuesday. Uh, Matthew, last question from Legend E before we get out of here. Yeah, are you a fan of Dak Prescott? <laughs> you know, I was He's gonna give this jersey, jersey away to uh, Goodwill tomorrow if you guys want to be over here in Albuquerque. It, it might be dropped off. You're gonna give it to the donut lady. Yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah. I. <laughs> she's really tiny too, so she could probably wear it to bed. Um, hey. She uh, or no Prescott? I don't. I don't believe in him. I don't. I never have. And the reason we lost tonight is because of Prescott. I think coaching was good. I think defense was good. I think Prescott made those two mistakes he shouldn't have made. And then you had Tony Pollard get hurt. Once that happens, you know you're screwed. You're not going to have a chance. That he's our best offensive. Bad, man. Yeah, he's our best tough. offensive player for sure, but right next to CD. Um, but Prescott, I don't believe in a man. He just the <clears> looking <throat> at your his eye, his face, not good. I don't. He doesn't have the confidence that I want in a quarterback. So I want Tom Brady. That's who I want. <laughs> Get him. Right. You imagine Art, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, dude. Good defense. What a waste of a fucking good defense, man. And yeah, tonight the Niners were beatable. Just Prescott made those two stupid interceptions. Well, I'm sorry, Matthew. I'm sorry it's that all the right. Dallas Cowboys lost. At least the Suns uh, won. Amen. Amen. We, we didn't get the trifecta. We didn't get the trifecta. My mom's yeah. Buffalo Bills lost, so I, I have a Buffalo Bills hat <laughs> that I'll never wear again. Uh, Matthew's <laughs> team lost, but you know what? At least we have the Suns, and at least they won. So we appreciate everyone for hanging out with us on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Brandon, remind everyone where they can follow your amazing content before we get out of here. Yes, sir. Once again, thank you guys for having me. You guys are the OGs and the best Suns post-game podcast out there. You guys are great. Uh, check me out on Suns Geek on YouTube, consistently uploading videos and reactions and trying to do as many post-game live shows as I can. Just consistently uploading content. I'm even on TikTok now. I thought I would never say that. TikTok wow. Sounds geek on the talk. Right? Oh, yeah, it's a lot of out. fun. Follow me on TikTok, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I know, right? Uh, but yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Anytime you guys need me, seriously, even if I can't make it, just reach out. You guys know I'll be available for the most part. We appreciate that more than yeah, you know. You. We really do. Yep. Uh, Matthew, what's the Cowboys record going to be next year? Um, it doesn't matter! There you go. Uh <laughs> Are they adding another game to the season? <laughs> probably. Probably. Uh, you can follow the show at Suns Jam. You can follow me at Darth Void. You can follow him. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Matthew. And on that note, Jamsters, we'll see you live on Tuesday evening after the Phoenix Suns play the Charlotte Hornets. Until then, I thank you ever so much, Suns Geek, for joining us. Matthew, get us out of here. Yeah, go home and love your Prescott jersey. Or give it to the donut lady. <laughs> MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.